one of the things I will not stop saying is when it comes to praying for your pastor, you must take it even more serious than you pray for yourself. It is important you get that. A lot of people's lives have been led astray because of their pastor's direction. A lot of people's lives have been led on the right course because of their pastor's submission to the leading of the spirit. So you are praying a prayer that God should help your pastor to key into his will. You shouldn't take it lightly. Shouldn't take it lightly. Shouldn't take it lightly. One of the greatest problems of our time is misinterpretation of scriptures. People are doing things. There are people who are praying all night, all right. Some of them today, I saw somebody write, say what, 120 days of something. And that 120 days they'll be going, only God knows what they'll be told. Tell them how witches are more powerful than they are and all that. So you have spent 120 days of your life on things you shouldn't have at all. And it's not because the pastor is bad. It's because he doesn't know. So when you are praying for your pastor, that God, let my pastor key into your will. It's a serious matter. The principle is simple. Whatever God will do on earth, he uses man. Man's, God's method is man. If God says he will bless you, he'll use a man. If God will promote you, he'll use a man. <laughs> so if all that is man, then I have to be serious in prayer for the man that God uses. It's very, very key. So when you are praying for pastors, I've said it in church that it should be a serious prayer on your prayer topic. Your spiritual growth. Shouldn't take it for granted. Sometimes I can't imagine if I no more have a relationship with my pastor, what will happen to me? So I always pray to preserve our relationship. Because he's so key to my life. I talk to him about almost everything. It's very key. His spiritual guidance. His divine wisdom. So you pray to protect divine relationships. There are some people God brings your life. You protect it with every fiber of your being. Hallelujah. So not just today, every day of your life, pray for your pastor. Pray for your pastor. It's very important. Pray for your pastor. You have to. And be passionate about it. One of the things that my pastor taught me is that anybody you pray for is difficult to be offended or bitter about that person. 
So if somebody is dear to your heart and you pray for them, it always places you in a place where you can receive from them. God is amazing. He tells Moses, tell the people of Israel, I want to talk to them. And the whole nation, three million people, followed Moses to go and hear what God would say. Yet, when they got to the place, God still spoke through Moses to them. <laughs> God's method is man. Upon all the investment, it was still that man. So you must learn, appreciate the value of men in your life. Salvation can't be done without man. So God became a man. I thought when God became a man and saved man by being a man, he will return to being a God fully. The Bible says that there is one mediator between God and man, and it's the man. Christ Jesus. So even after resurrection, the medium between God and man is still a man called Jesus who is seated at the right hand of the Father. Men are important. You are important. I am important. I need you as much as you need me. It's very important. Amen? So today I'll start a running series. I want to share with you something and then we pray. It's entitled Prayer Initiative. Prayer Initiative. Prayer initiative. First thing I wrote was that for a good number of Christians, they wait till they are told to pray. For a good number of Christians, they wait till they are told to pray. Like all of us have a family, I'm sure everybody has a mother. <laughs> or at one point in your life, you have had a mother. One of the common things you find with our mothers in particular, do I have to keep telling you this all the time? It's a popular saying we get from our parents. And the reason they say that to us is that they expect us to take initiatives. If I have been told that when I wake up in the morning, I should brush my teeth. That the first thing, I remember the first thing to tell you, when you wake up from bed, before you talk to anybody, make sure you brush your teeth. So the moment you are told this, they expect you 
That when you wake up the next day, that you will take initiative. Not to be told again what you have been told before. Are you following? Because they expect that what you have been told before should let you know what you are to do in the morrow. There are things by virtue of maturity you are not expected to be told. It's like a protocol. Somebody who was in the protocol team of a pastor and the pastor is with a guest after church while they are waiting to escort the guest to the car and then the protocol officer comes and says, Pastor, Please, should we give you the same food we are giving your guests? In front of. That one is not serious. The, the, the one that I like most is the pastor who declared a fast. They were all doing three days fast. And then they come every 6 p.m. to come and pray. And he said, You should make sure. You will not eat till after the prayer. And the prayer starts at 6 p.m. And it finishes at 8, 8.30. Then whilst the first day, no. Pastor was in front of the church after the prayer meeting. And his son came and shouted, Daddy, Mommy, see me, Musa, I said, Fufuna, no, dear son, I'm sorry. <laughs> says, Mommy, say, I should ask you that. The fufu you were chopping before you came to church. Will you return to continue from where you stopped? Even though Pastor pretended as if he was not the one, or he couldn't understand the language of his son. One of the things you can also trust children, he will repeat it to you. <laughs> The way he pretended the first time as if he was not the one he was talking to. This time, the guy had to raise his voice. Daddy, I'm saying that mommy says I should ask you. <laughs> That's what children do. <laughs> so, next point, there are some things you must be smart about them. That is what we call initiative. You, are, you don't have to be told but sadly many people wait to be told what to do. They'll be told what to do. For some time now I intentionally adapted the strategy. Through the years, or let me say a couple of just some two years, what we do is that in the course of the week, you're supposed to come and pray two hours. Yeah. And then I give prayer leaders per every prayer meeting. But this year, I decided not to elect anybody. 
and see if the brethren go at the time of prayer without anybody elected as prayer leader will somebody take the initiative because I'm sure there are some people they can't pray if they have not been given prayer point it shows you are not growing because you don't need prayer points to pray are you following there are some people, the fact that they don't see somebody leading, it means that, oh, that means the meeting is not coming on. If they didn't hear, question pastor asks, if you come to church on Sunday and there is no announcement, would you assume because there was no announcement, there will be no midweek service? If they didn't include, you have to come, on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday from 6 to 8 to pray, would that make you think, oh, thank God, pastor sees that we have been coming here too much. Thank God, God, you speak to our pastor. <laughs> or you would take the initiative. I've done this before, some of you also know this, that on our platform, some days I don't post, especially when we travel. And I intentionally see those who will wake up at 4.30 to pray. Or the people who will see no prayer point and think because pastor has not posted a prayer point and it is 4.30. It means it's a holiday. The moment your mind think and looking for holiday, no, you have not grown the way you should grow. The moment, I'm putting it in another way, the moment... You are looking for an opportunity to hear there is no service. There is no prayer meeting. Know that you are not growing. Because if I'm growing, I desire to do more of the things of God. If David says he was glad when they said to him, let's go to the house of the Lord, why should I be thanking God there is no meeting? Why am I rather glad? Ah, thank God this holiday pastor said there's no program. Hey, I will sleep. Something is wrong. Look at something. Hebrews chapter 5. Turn your Bibles with me. Hebrews chapter 5, the verse number 12 and 13, maybe 12. Hebrews chapter 5, the verse 12 and 13. Mm -hmm. For when, for the time ye ought to be teachers. He says, for when what? For the time ye ought to be teachers. For the time you ought to be what? Teachers. teachers. That is, some people have been in church for years and by now, by now, you shouldn't be in a position where we have to send you a test message before you know you have to come for church. Take it again. Hebrews chapter 5, the verse 12. 
For when for the time ye ought to be teaching. For when for the time you should be in charge of a cell group. At this your level, at this your level, the number of years you've been in this church, we still should be teaching you on why you should go for evangelism. The need to be prayerful. It's a sign that you are not growing or you are not taking initiatives in life. He says at this time, you ought to be teachers. At this time, some of you should be in certain positions, positions, not titles. Carrying responsibilities in church. When you should be teachers, you are still an ordinary member. What role do you play in your church? What role has pastor ever trusted you with a responsibility? Have you been assigned anything? It says, when you ought to be teachers, when you ought to be teachers, so it means that if you have been around for long, there are certain things that are expected of you. You have been around for too long. We are still talking about your attendance in church. Some people, I get amazed. We should still be talking to you about waking up at dawn to pray. Ah! When you ought to be teachers. At this your stage, the number of years you have been to church. You don't have a soul in church. You don't have anybody growing because of you. When you ought to be teachers. See, some of us have to bypass the stage of inviting people to church. But having people who are accountable to you in church. Don't forget that. I have to pass the stage of invite to carrying disciples. There's a difference. Where I invite my friend, I invite my family members. I know they go to praise me, but I can still invite them to come and enjoy the message. I have passed that level of just invite, but I have people who got saved through me. They are in church because of me. Their spiritual growth is dependent on me. Let me emphasize this. Hear me. If still we have to be waking you up with a phone before you wake up at dawn to pray, it means you are not responsible for anybody. Because some of us, it is my waking up that I have to wake others up. If people are dependent on me, I can't sleep. So then what do I go and tell them? I'm sorry. Some people, they are always apologizing. You are not growing. You are always sorry. When will you mature? When will you be the one that is waking people up? That you have disciples whose prayer life is dependent on your prayer life. Their prayer life is dependent on my life. I can't be lazy around. I can't tell you, don't sit and pray, and then I sit and pray. No. When I give you a rule, I give a stemmer rule to myself. It's a sign of responsibility. Responsibility is a sign of maturity. 
And maturity is a sign of growth. Should I say it again? I said accountability is a sign that you are responsible. I am accountable to somebody. Somebody's life is dependent on me. Because of accountability, there is responsibility. And responsibility is a sign of maturity. And maturity is a sign of growth. It shows that you are growing older. See, the moment you grow, eh, there are certain things you... Look, growth makes some things that used to excite you doesn't excite you anymore. Excitement is for children. Excitement is for children. They always want to be excited. They don't have responsibility. You see how when it's Christmas, we just finished Christmas. Find out if the adults were excited. The adults had responsibility to buy shoes, show up, trousers. They, they had responsibility. And the children were to enjoy the responsibility of another's responsibility. They were excited. Oh, daddy bought me this. Oh, mommy bought me this. Thank you. You are the best in the world. Excitement. It came out of responsibility. So the times of entertainment, excitement, yes, this is it. We have passed that level. We don't come here to enjoy a message. We come here with an open heart to be rebuked, corrected, inspired to go and work. Are you here? He says the time that you ought to continue. Hebrews chapter 5 verse 12. Hebrews chapter 5 verse 12. Mm -hmm. For when for the time ye ought to be teachers. He says when you ought to be teachers. You have need that one teach you again. You are still at the position that one has to remind you again. Which be the first principles of the oracles of God. Which the first principles of the oracles of God. God. Some of you are still on foundational lessons. Read your Bible, pray every day. We are still teaching you this. We have to be asking, have you read your Bible today? Did you pray today? At this level, when you ought to be a teacher. And ye ought to be teachers. You have need. <laughs> have you ever seen a grown man with feeding bottles before? He says, you have need. When you are supposed to be a teacher, a teacher is now in need of what? Verse 12. He says, for when for the time ye ought to be teachers, you have need that, that, that one teach you again. again. Which ha! The first he says, you are supposed to be a teacher, yet you have need that somebody has to teach you again. And what are they supposed to teach you? He says what? The first principles of the oracle of God. And now become such that have need of what? Milk. And not of what? Strong meat. It's a sign you are not growing. You are still a baby. That's why you can't handle meat, but you have to be given milk. 
13. He says, for everyone that uses milk is what? He is unskillful with the word of what? Righteousness. Righteousness. For he is a babe. For he is what? A baby. For he is a baby. Look at 14. Verse 14. He says, but, but strong meat. Strong meat belongeth to them that are of what? Full age. Even those who by reason of use have their senses. They have their senses exercised. So they know when to do what and when not to do what. He says, when you are matured, you know how to take initiatives. Right? So you don't forget. It's a strong meat for those who are matured, who are fully grown. Even those who by reason they have use of their senses. And they, because of that, they exercise discernment. When you are matured, you discern what to do. Hey, pastor is not come, so what are we going to do? So let's sit down. And some people, you have come for a prayer meeting. You have come for a program. The fact that you have not seen pastor doesn't mean you should sit down and converse. If you are matured and the focus of the garden is a spiritual garden, you prepare yourself in a spiritual state, state to receive. If you are matured, he said strong meat is for those who are of full age. Those who by reason of use of their senses, have exercised discernment. When a child sees an elderly person, they will still be sitting down. Mature person out of discernment will stand up out of respect. They have used their senses. So they, don't, they are not told to stand up. Sometimes it's so amazing. You go to a church, they are inviting the man of God. Everybody is sitting. The one young unwise person is sitting down. Maybe she doesn't know why, why, should, why, why should I stand. Then somebody also has to come and pray them. Stand up, we are all up. If you are matured, you won't be told to stand up. Sometimes you go to a place by observation, exercise of your reasoning. You watch what they are doing, you follow. Are you following? So those who are matured, they take initiatives. They take initiatives. So as we are getting to why prayer initiatives, you have to understand the process of the building of the message that number one even in our normal societies, as we are being brought up, our parents will always say, I've told you this, why should I keep repeating it? The moment you are told something, you are expected that because you have been told before, by virtue of what you were told before, it forms the reason you will do it the next time. Are you here? So because of what you have been told before, because of what you have been taught before, 
by virtue of what you have been taught, it informs initiative. Then I went to the next point to tell you, according to Hebrews chapter 5, that there are some of us, we ought to be teachers. That means there are some of us, we shouldn't be proud of our spiritual level, or should we call status. Looking at the number of years we have hung around pastor, looking at the number of years we've been coming to church, looking at the number of information we have been previewed to in life, we shouldn't be amongst the people who when they are late to church, we are also late. There are, there are certain things at your level we shouldn't be talking about. Anytime they talk about you, should be ashamed of yourself. That lateness is, as, uh, is attached to you. Your level, the number of years you've been going to church, don't ever brag to say, I've been serving God for how many years, and you're a latecomer. You learned nothing. Because the principle of your years of serving God includes honor, the priority. We love God with all our heart, with all our being. It's a sign of honor. And honor depicts that you are punctual. Anybody you respect, when you have an appointment with them, you don't go late. Nobody goes to a meeting with an elderly person they respect. Anybody they respect and they go for the elderly person to be waiting for them. So your years of coming to church and being a latecomer, what, what? Throw the years away. Let us see by your works. Your maturity in Christianity is not seen in the number of years you have spent in church, but the fruits of your labor. The fruits. What is a proof that you have been going to church for long? Who is your soul? Who is your disciple? Who is the product of your work in God's house? That is a proof of maturity. It's a proof of maturity. Like I taught in a membership class, one proof of the f- one proof that you are matured in the things of God is that you are giving responsibility. When you go to church and you play no role, you are nothing in the church. You should be ashamed. Because being given responsibility is a sign that you are trusted. And the people you trust are mature people, responsible people. If nothing is entrusted to your care, they can't trust you with simple open prayer. Ah! They can't trust you to, to usher people. Ordinary ushering, you may say. They can't trust you to take care of the children's department. They can't trust you with a cell group. You can't be giving. Pastor can't say, ah, sister so-so and so, brother so-so and so. I'm committing this new convert to you. Help him or her to grow in the things of God. Ah! You should be worried about that. Should be. When you ought to be teachers, you have need. You hear me? There is no reward for being a teacher on Facebook. Some of you, your, 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 
Your teachership is on WhatsApp and Facebook. <laughs> your apostolic calling, it bears no fruit. There's no ministry like that. Can waste hours arguing on people with people on Facebook and you think you are preaching. You are doing that. You are arguing. Preaching must yield fruit. We must see results. We must see people saved. We must see people speaking tongues. We must see people develop commitment in the house of God. That is a proof of your labor in Christ. That's a proof. Then I said another sign of maturity is that you move from invitation to discipleship. Invitation. You don't even need the Holy Spirit to invite people. But when you are discipling people, you are winning souls, you are going out for evangelism. You preach the gospel. Men get saved. You lay hands. They are filled with the Holy Ghost. People are speaking in tongues because you laid hands by the grace of God. How beautiful. You see, there's a joy. Find out. There's a joy to see somebody God used you to preach. They got saved and they are fervent in God's house. No amount of millions, no position in your corporate office can be compared to that. There's somebody I met in the streets of Accra. Preached the gospel to God saved. The person spoke in tongues by the grace of God. The person now is so committed in church. There's somebody I preach to is leading prayer. Sometimes your heart is filled with tears of joy. It cannot be explained that your soul is the one who leads the saints in worship and praise. That your soul Somebody you preach to is in charge of a cell group. It's not somebody who goes to somebody's church and you snatched. No. There's a difference. There are difference. Somebody you invited from another church, they came, they loved the message, they stayed. That's different. I'm talking about you. Started the process from beginning. Paul said, Timothy, my son, whom I labor in the gospel. Who are you laboring in the gospel? Why? It's very important. Who are you laboring for in the gospel? So if you have been around this church, car house, Five years, four years, three years, two years. And you are just here. Who won't be at the Musa? Write it in capital. You are a bad Christian. You do nothing. You are a bad Christian. That's what it means. The The 14... Uh, Hebrews chapter 5 verse 14 makes us know that there is initiatives. And there are initiatives that come because you are growing up. There are initiatives that comes because you are growing up. There are initiatives 
that comes because you are growing up. Other things I, 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 I don't find solution for. Some people leave your cows, they go to another country and they call Papa. Do you know any church that is Christocentric? Can you call Pastor Chris? <laughs> Pastor said, tell them to find a mosque. <laughs> For there's one God. <laughs> Why? You are expected to take initiatives. That in Saints Community Church, they don't just send. He said they have never sent anybody to go and open a branch. But by virtue of somebody who went to school in a place, then they start a cell group. And the cell group turned into a fellowship. Fellowship turned into a church. Somebody got a job that caused relocation. By virtue of the relocation, instead of saying, Pastor, can you find me any Christocentric church? You start a fellowship. If you come to church properly and study properly, and follow the training of the church. You won't be looking for church. You will church. It's as simple as that. I remember I said he's going to school in Germany. Called me, pastor. He's worrying me, worrying me. Pastor, pastor, would you find a church for me in Germany? I said, I don't have. What is your mouth doing? Did you used to bring your report? When I used to, I said, yes. I said, then that. The next time he called me, he said he has started a fellowship. They have, they have started a cell meeting. They are five. I said, aha. He said, what should I teach? He said, huh. Do you know what next after salvation? And one in church or cell groups will start. Teach. It will cause you to learn to go and teach. You will grow spiritually. Let them lead prayer. You will learn how to pray. As simple as that. As simple as that. You've been in church all this while. You can't start what? A prayer meeting. You can't lead prayer. Okay, you are leading prayer tomorrow. Hey, Jesus! <laughs> no, you are reciting the... the are you? <laughs> Maybe then. What did they say? Are you for there? Charis there. Charis What will you have said? I said you are leading prayer on Sunday. I said, hey, Jesus. So I'm saying you are going to recite the talis. Talis something. That one, what did you say? You Then you collapse? How can a Christian say, hey, because you are going to lead prayer? I didn't say become Jesus and die on the cross. <laughs> Is somebody here? Tell somebody prayer initiatives. Now, when Philip went down to Samaria, he went there to do what? To preach Christ. So you don't travel and ask us where should you go to church. You don't get transfer to another country and ask us to give you a special church that preach the same message. You, what do you preach? And Philip went to Samaria and preached Christ. So you don't have to be told what to do 
when you find yourself in a place there is no gospel. You don't have to be told what to do. If you find yourself in a church, in an in a, in an area, in a country, in a town, in a city, where the gospel is not there, you preach Christ. That's what Philip did. Hear me. I've said it and I'm repeating it again to you. That in Yaka House we train ministers for the gospel. This church is for the training of ministers for the gospel. It's not an entertainment center. It's not a career building place. We don't discover talents. We train people for the gospel. So somebody says, why do you have a lot of activities? Yes, we do the activities as part of the training. The activities are too much. Look at that church. They don't do like that. We are not that church. If you admire that church, go there. Go and jump, go and somersault, go and roll. Go and shake your waist, shake your waist for the shake it, shake it, shake it, shake it. Go. Go. We train men for the gospel. That's why we teach a lot. Others can teach for five minutes. We we are training men for the gospel, so we teach a lot. We pray, we pray, oh yes. If you train people for the gospel, you must pray a lot. Ministry is about teaching and prayer. And that is the job of the church. Is somebody here? Yes. So don't be complaining about long teaching. What do you expect? You have to be taught so you can teach. You have to be taught so you can what? Teach. We have to teach you to pray so you can what? Pray. We pray. We will pray today. So we are not like other churches because their focus is not our focus. So there is something called prayer initiative. Please note this now. What is initiative? I said there is something called prayer initiative. Now I'm helping you with what initiative is. An action that you take. Initiative is an action that you take based on your experience. Based On your knowledge. That you embark upon. Not because you were told. Or compelled. I'll take it from the top. I say what is an initiative? An initiative is an action that you take. Based on your experience, based on your knowledge, 
that you embark upon not because you were told or compelled. For the last time, an, what is an initiative is an action that you take based on your experience, based on your knowledge that you embark upon not because you were told or compelled. You were not told or compelled, but it's an action you took because of experience or because of knowledge. So I'm getting into what I really came to talk about for today. I said it's a continuous series. That means there's an action to take based on experience, based on knowledge. Not because I was told to do it or I was forced to. But I'm taking this action because of experience and because of knowledge I have. Are you here? So prayer initiative. It's funny that some people ask, oh, so how long should I fast? How many times should I fast in a year? There are things when you are not matured. There are things when you are not matured. Sorry, there are things when you are matured, they don't tell you to do. I'm not the one to tell you how many times you should fast in a week. No. By this time of your Christian life, you should decide when you fast. If there is a congregational fast, it's different. But at your level, I should come and tell you how many times you should fast in a week. It means you are not matured. Are you here? I said at your level, I should never come and tell you how many hours you should be praying. Again, based on the knowledge, the things I've taught about prayer and the experiences you have experienced. Last year I said, be doing all night on Fridays. This year I said, don't do it. I expect that based on experience and knowledge, nobody tells me when I should do all night and when I shouldn't do. But some people thought it was holiday because they don't have prayer initiative. You want to do ministry. You want God to use you to impact lives. And you are still in a place where they should tell you how many hours you should pray. Ah. Master, forget to do their manage the church ushers. Ah. <laughs> manage the part-time ushering. You want God to use you to impart nations, generations. And you want to be told whether to do all night or not do all night. Whether to fast or not fast. Whether to pray or not pray. Ah. Before the instruction, I came to tell you that when I was at your level, I was praying more than you. And if you are to go beyond me, and then you rather decided to reduce your prayer life. 
Congratulations. Congratulations. Prayer initiative. My dear, your pastor can choose to sleep. It doesn't mean pick a pillow. There's prayer initiative. Things, actions you take. So there are some people, they have been giving cell groups and I ask them, how are you handling the cell? Some are doing their own all night, meeting as groups, praying into their cell. You, what have you been doing? You can't even organize a meeting between you and your team. Some people to their team, they have, they started fighting. Eh? And when the fight came, you didn't even quite common sense to know that the devil is at work, we should pray. I told some people, you went to WCC and pastor told you that one thing the devil would do is strive. And we prayed about strive. And if you see even strive in your Wellington boot, you have to even start fasting. You see, when, they, when you are warned, let me move on and see something. Look, when you, when you have knowledge and experience, nobody tells you when to pray. Jesus said the kingdom of God is like a man who went to sow good seeds on his field. There are some things you should be able to discern to know this is the work of the enemy. And here maybe what I said would me by experience. You don't need God to talk to you. When you have a relationship that it seems ah, you are fighting too much, you are small, small thing. It means that you have to invest prayer. When you realize that small, now any small thing you are getting agitated, you, 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 you need to check your prayer life. Look, they are saying, you will hear a voice of the Romans sound, go and pray. The moment you realize that, ah, any small thing, I don't know why of late I'm falling sick so much. Prayer initiative. An action you take based on experience and knowledge. There are certain things when you see, you don't need anybody to tell you, I have to start praying. Or I have to increase my prayer life. There are certain things. There are some things, there are signals. That's what I want you to know. I don't even know how to put it again. There are things, they are what? They are signals for prayer. You don't need pastor to organize six hours of prayer. You don't need pastor to declare a fast. Based on experience. And knowledge of God's word. You take certain actions. So they will delay on what they should do. Till God takes it from their hand. And there are certain things you could have prevented with prayer. Did you hear what I said? I said there are certain things. There are certain decisions you could have prevented with prayer. Jesus took his disciples to a place of prayer. They were sleeping. 
After one hour, Jesus comes back and gives them warning. Stand up, don't sleep. The moment he turned, they continue sleeping. The Bible says he came again. The Bible says the third time he didn't want them again. No. What did he say? Continue sleeping. Because where you have gotten to, there is no remedy. You are warned, you are warned when decisions are taken. There are certain decisions when they are taken. That's it. After the decisions are taken, now you are not praying that I pray to change the decision. You could have stopped it from being taken. Are you here? There are certain things if you pray by experience and by knowledge there are signals that shows it's time to pray. There are signals. They show that this is time to pray. Are you here? So, you take initiatives. Something you embark on without being told. Something you embark upon without being told because you have prior information and wisdom and insight. Take it again. Very important. Prayer initiatives, I said there are some things when you are matured, they don't tell you again. You take initiatives and the initiatives are something you embark upon without being told. Something you embark upon without being told because you have prayer information and wisdom and insight. I can see a bet of someone. I say, Charlie, this thing will be big. So because of insight, I begin to give prayer to it. There are certain things because of wisdom, I initiate prayer. Are you here? They are saying, they are saying it is, is that because of prior information. Certain things you have known. You have seen things. You see, there are things people have gone through before. They become an example for us. The Bible says those things happen to them as an example. Tim, Tim, let me speak to you. I try to interpret. Okay? If a pastor can backslide to be an, I'm using backslide in contest. Say a pastor. The person used to be a pastor. I met a pastor, in fact, that I used to know in Ghana very well, in America, or a cab driver. He doesn't even go to church again. And this is a pastor I knew in the 90s. Oh, Joshua's man. Where did the fire pass? When I see such things, it's an example to me. 
that I can't play with my prayer life. I can't joke with my Christian life. Because somebody like me, if it happened to him, what shows that it can't happen to me? There were people who were very committed to your house. They are no more going to church. They are sitting in their homes. There were people who were protocols in this church. If the gospel came, I thought they would even embrace it. They rather left because of the gospel. So there are certain things because of prior information. There are certain roles you are playing. Somebody has played before. Why is the person? So certain things initiate certain prayer. I preserve certain relationships. I preserve certain opportunities. I pray to preserve it. Because I don't have entitlement syndrome. I'm not the only person God can use. God can do without me. God can pick anybody. Don't think you are indispensable, sir. Don't, don't be deceived that somebody can replace you. Plenty of people can replace you. And sadly, sometimes, one of the most painful things this small life I've lived has shown me is that sometimes the person who will replace you will even be doing it better than you are doing it. Hey, you're off. Some of you, I don't think, maybe, maybe somebody listening to this message can identify with it. You have left a company. And when you left, you think they don't get anybody. Then you are always passing by, hey, so how is the company? Then they are telling you, it's doing well, oh. <laughs> Sometimes you left and you wish you hear that, oh, company, now go. Oh, the company is finished. Ah, since you left. But rather you hear, since you left, hey, we don't know what happened, you know. All of a sudden, means you were the Jonah. <laughs> what the most? There are certain people when you live your life, you are pray, you live their life, you are praying. Then rather you see them and you ferry. You were wishing. Yeah. Certain things by prior information, you initiate prayer. I never want to get to any stage and think I've arrived. Again, in my small years in ministry, I have seen great and mighty, powerful men of God. All of a sudden, you begin to look at them and you think of how you used to know them. And sadly, their greater years are rather behind them. That I knew a man that was so powerful. He could fast. And we had to go and beg him to stop fasting. When he comes around. When he parks his car. Demons start screaming. He's not in the auditorium. I remember my friend Apostle. A Kwanza came from Takwadi. And he just go and introduce him to that man of God. I took him there. When he shook him, my friend shook for days. Can I see? He, his ordinary handshake, he was not in church. Oh. I took him to his car. The man was just sitting, Gilbert, Gilbert. 
Then he held my friend like this, shook him. My friend fell. It's not close your eyes and receive anointing. No. Just shake. Oh, man of God, how are you? Brah! He shook till he, ah, you can't feel tangible power. Then today people can insult him. When you see such things, you don't need the Lord to tell you, my child. There are certain things they initiate a prayer life. There are certain things. See, sometimes you don't understand. I won't come and tell you the Lord said, don't play with waking up at dawn to pray. You don't need, when you have a pastor, you don't need that's yes, the Lord. So there are certain things you think you are cheating, pastor. Sometimes that's the funny aspect too. When you are sleeping and you set your alarm every 10 minutes, then you come and lift your hand. You have set your alarm. You know the pastor comes every 10 minutes. Two do they not to nine. And you are so punctual in putting your hand there. No, seriously, do you think it's my Christian life you are doing that? No. You are not getting it. You are not getting it. See? There are certain things you can joke with. But don't joke with your Christian life. Don't joke with your prayer life. Don't joke with your study of the word. Don't look, joke with anything. But they are certain fundamentals of your Christian life. Please don't joke with it. Because whatever you are sowing, you will reap it. If you sow a carnal prayer life, it will reap in your day-to-day life. It will show. Some people can't even open their eyes. Somebody is coming from evangelism. For evangelism, they went to cell meeting. They didn't even have time to sleep. And they came to the all night to lead prayer, to pray intensively. You, you sat in your house. And you come, it's not even this thing, you are dozing. When the fundamentals are weak. The dollar will expose you. When the economical foundations are weak. (laughs) Yeah. When you have a weak prayer life. When you go to a a prayer meeting. It will expose you. Any small thing. You are drinking water like a horse. How many hours have you prayed? You every five minutes you drink water. Eh? Boy. You are dozing. Some people, even if you ask them to stand to pray, they will stand and sleep. In fact, they can walk and sleep. That's a serious level. Hear me. You must know what to do 
I'm not saying you hear a voice. But you will know what to do. You are not hearing a voice from God. But when you understand certain things, you will know what to do and when not when to do it. Some people will keep asking the same question over and over again. When would you take initiative? You know very well in some of us, the organizations we work in, that bosses like people who take initiatives, people who use their head. They like people who use their head. Not that you are sitting and nobody told me to close the tap, so me too. So he didn't close it and it was overflowing. You are watching. Hey! My mother said, if I go and touch it and something happened, they'll ask me, who call her? Call? Eh? <laughs> no. So we, we went to WCC and came back. What initiatives did you take? You went to a convention, the convention is finished. After the convention, what next? Some people thought it was time to sleep. Ah, the prayer we are praying that it can carry us the whole year, even three years. <laughs> That's what you said to yourself. Hey, send me my mom pay be in Pokra and me what? Only one you went. Only one. Even the one, if you are calculating the number of prayers you prayed, only God knows. That one you think you have prayed for all your life. Hey? They have been doing it for 21, day, 21 years old. Or 20 years since WCC. Then you went only one. You have prayer to cover your whole life. Then if you started with them, what would you do? You take some to eternity. <laughs> no. Always ask a question. After that message, what next? After that program, what next? After that convention? After that retreat? What next? You don't go and ask pastor, you. There are certain series when it's being taught and you know God was speaking to you, the question is what next? There are certain instructions when it comes, you know it is for you. The question is what initiatives do you take? What next? What next? What next? What do we do after the convention? I'll be closing on these things very important. It seems that in scripture, when anything happened, write it with an asterisk so you don't forget. That it seems that in scripture, when anything happened, everyone seems to know what to do. Everyone seems to know what to do in scripture. And we'll look at a few. And I'll continue in the next time we meet 
for prayers. Don't forget the team is prayer initiative. When Simon had the prompting from the spirit that the Messiah will appear, the Bible said he began to pray. In Luke chapter 2 from 25 to 35. The same was also Anna. The prophetess, the daughter of Samuel. She also prayed. Prayed. So in scripture, it looks as if they, they know what to do. And we need to learn from their initiatives. A popular one is in Luke chapter 3. Verse 21. Look at it. The first scripture I mentioned was Luke chapter 2, 25 to 35. That's where you find Simeon and Anna's story. But we are reading Luke chapter 3, the verse number 21. Luke chapter 3, the verse 21. Mm -hmm. Now when all the people were baptized. He says, now when all the people were baptized. It came to pass that, it came to pass that as Jesus was being baptized. And, praying, and what? Praying. And what? Praying. The Bible says he was praying when everybody was being baptized. It is not John who told them, hey, before you come and be baptized, make sure you are praying. No. Nobody told Jesus to pray. He didn't see anybody praying. But when all men were being baptized and Jesus also being baptized, he decided to initiate that experience with prayer. Prayer initiatives. He initiated prayer not because others were praying. So prayer initiative is not that you see, you see others do it, so you do it. Are you following? Are you getting it? So prayer, is, prayer initiative is not necessarily what everyone else is doing. The fact that nobody is going to do it doesn't mean. That is why it's called an initiative. Why? Please, this is key to all that I said. Knowing what God was doing in the earth. Knowing what God, Jesus, before he began his ministry was to be baptized by John. Because he knew what God was to do on the earth. He initiated prayer. And that's key. Key reasons why we initiate prayers. The reason why we pick certain times to pray, certain things to do with prayer. Is when you know God is up to something. When I know God is up to something, what I do is that I initiate prayer. So when I know, I don't just be standing there and confessing and be there. No, 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 no. I initiate prayer. 
when I sense the move of God, when I feel something is about to happen, what I do is I initiate prayer. I initiate prayer. I initiate prayer. To know that when I know God is doing something in the earth, I initiate prayer. When God is doing something. So the first thing is when I know he is about to do something, I initiate prayer. When I know he is doing something, I initiate prayer. It's two different things. In the course of God doing what he is doing, I initiate prayer to push what God is doing. When I know he's about to do something, I initiate prayer. Are you getting what I'm saying? So this prayer initiative is not because of an encounter you had or a revelation you saw. But based on experience and knowledge and foresight, or sorry, insight, I initiate prayer. So what I'm saying to you is that it's not because you had a vision. So people, when they dream that they, they see coffin, <laughs> or they see that they are, they are eating in their dream, hey, that means they have to pray. No, 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 I'm not talking about that one. But by virtue of the knowledge I have in God's word, when I hear God's word, God is doing something, we have to win souls, men have been raised. Those things are signals to me. That I have to initiate prayer. The same thing is when I see in church, when I see the move of God, when I see the power of God, I initiate prayer. The same thing is when I see God is doing, I initiate it. I don't wait for pastor to say. And some of the initiation is not that pastor. You see, I sense no, no, no. You initiate prayer. There are certain things God will lay it on your heart. It's not broadcasting about some people, they talk more than they pray. Or better still, they say they will pray more than they pray. Tell you, I will pray this year. Pastor, one month ago. That this year that you will pray, 30 days, no, 31 days, plus four days has passed. We are still waiting for. Your prayer. There's even everything using your mouth to say, I will pray and praying. I remember some people went before we went to WCC say, Hey, do you have a minute of WCC? And when they went, WCC meant them. <laughs> when I meet them, when I go around and I see them, I was saying, I'm remembering the things they used to tell me. Then I just smile. Child you are so when you see the eye of a crab, you say you have seen steak. See the Bible was translated from three languages. So I've given you three versions. Shall we continue? Okay. Next one. I have 10 minutes and I'm done. 
So I said in scripture, it was not about encounters or revelations. They knew what to do. And what they did was that they prayed. Now, a very important study again. When you look at the life, the prayer life of Jesus, we learn a lot of initiatives from it. The prayer life of Jesus. When one, he was going to choose his disciples or apostles, he had a whole night of prayer. Prayer initiatives. When you are in a state of your life, decisions have to be taken. You don't just take it and come and say you are going to pray. Are you here? Before he chose them, he prayed all night. It is good to have a report about people to find out, hey, that man called Simon, where is he from and all that. But do you know what Jesus did? He prayed about those people. He prayed about them. He prayed. He prayed about his decision to choose people to work with. And these are an example to us. When there are certain decisions of ministry, career, relationships, you have to initiate prayer. You have to. He prayed. So Jesus knew this is what he's supposed to do. That when I'm to take decisions, I don't take carnal decisions. I take spiritual decisions. That's why he prayed. Prayer initiates. When do I initiate prayer? When there are decisions to be taken. Some of us, you have just chosen a course. You just want to, you have not even prayed about your careers. That's why some people go uh, several years into their life. Then all they have studied, they will throw it away and come and pick something. They say, this is really my passion. <laughs> so you had a passion. And then you're going to go how many years to go and do that? Maybe if you had prayed, you wouldn't have gone that long to come back, to come and restart. Are you here? Another example from Jesus, that were there, there were times in his ministry, there were a lot of activities, a lot of people around him. Yet he sent them away. And he went to a desert alone to pray. Prayer initiative. Sometimes out of all the activities, out of all the plenty people in your life, take time off. Off your phone. Go out of people. Spend quality time. You must learn how to do that. Take prayer initiatives. It's not because things are not working, that's why you pray. Sometimes we, in Africa, sadly, some of us, we have become used to only praying when things are not going well. When things are going well, we don't pray. But the Bible says when his fame reached everywhere, he withdrew himself from everybody and went to the wilderness alone to pray. You must learn to initiate prayers 
when plenty things are happening. Very important. It's very, very funny. Some people say, oh, by next month, I'll be less busy, so I'll have time to pray. <laughs> Don't live your Christian life like that. We create time to pray. We create time to go for evangelism. I told somebody, don't think evangelism is what you do on your leisure time. Evangelism is what you make time to do. Are you hearing what I'm saying? What is the Lord's heartbeat? It's not something I do casually. At your leisure time. If that's how you have been receiving oxygen, No, no, seriously. Your life is dependent on oxygen. Then God decides, okay, oh, you want oxygen? When I'm free. I'm sure next week, Monday, I'll be free. Come for some. Imagine that's how God is dealing with us. Some of us, that's how we are behaving towards the heartbeat of God. And then when you have a need, when you need God, you are sounding that he has to be urgent. Yet you have no regard for his word. Consistently, the word of God has been preached. Consistently, you have been rebellious to his word. You have become so rebellious, you are used to rebelling. You no more feel anything. It's dangerous. It's dangerous. It's very dangerous. If Jesus can take time off the crowd to spend time in prayer, I must learn to take time off. I'm saying to you, this is not congregational prayers and fasting. I'm talking about personal prayer and fasting. Why you won't go and sleep? You watch TV small, then you pray two minutes. No. Where is you? Is you. You spend time. Maybe you are not going anywhere. You are in your house and nobody will come and disturb you. And you take quiet time to initiate prayers concerning God's assignment over your life. And I'm saying you don't do it because things are not going well. In fact, you should do it even when you are getting more disciples. You should do it when the church is growing. Are you here? So Jesus knew, oh, this is important. Jesus knew when you have been engrossed in activities. This, write it in capital. Jesus just knew when you have been engrossed in activities, even as a leader, even though you need rest as a leader, but you see if what you do when there is a lot of activities in ministry is to take a rest, you have missed everything you are supposed to do. I take it from the top. Jesus just knew that when you have been engrossed in activities. And you are a leader. And as a leader, 
It is true, sometimes you need to take a rest. But, if you, a leader, what you do when there is a lot of activities in ministry is to take a rest, then you have missed everything you are supposed to do. When there is a lot of activities, that is not the time you have to rest. That is the time you need to initiate prayers. Self-groups are opening. Your disciples are increasing. You are preaching to more people. They have handed over a campus cell to you. You are also handling another this thing. When these things are happening, that's not say this. Of late, I get tired. I need to sleep. That is when you have to initiate prayers. Jesus didn't sleep because of activities. Ah, that program was too powerful. Let's sleep. No. Jesus prayed before ministry, prayed during ministry, prayed after ministry. Prayer initiative. I am teaching you to look at your life and when to initiate prayer life. When to initiate prayers. You have to. In this year, you can't take your prayer life for granted. You can't take your prayer life for granted. I'm saying that Jesus, it's not that he didn't rest, but Jesus did more taking time to just go and pray than to rest. So there is that initiative of prayer that you have to. That you don't have to be told. There is an initiative of prayer that you don't have to be told. You take the decision to initiate that prayer life. I know there are some people we start praying at 4.30 they start their own at 4. And they close. We close at 5.30. They close at 6. It's an initiative. It's their choice. They have given you an assignment. And you are behaving as. You are praying with the same people. You are praying the same level with people with no assignment. Ah. <laughs> Very interesting. I'll give you one more example and we pray. Think so. One, upon the resurrection, he gathered his disciples and he taught them in Acts chapter 1 verse 2 and 3 for 40 days. Upon the resurrection, Jesus gathered his disciples and taught them for 40 days. According to Acts chapter 1 verse 2 and 3. And then he said unto them, they should go here in his teaching. One of the things he did was to instruct them that they should go here into the world and preach the gospel. This is Mark 16, 15 through 20. And Matthew chapter 28 from 17 to 18. He instructed them to go and pray. Hey, sorry, to go and preach. You remember that? That upon resurrection, the instruction we hear Jesus give the disciples was on preaching the gospel. There was no instruction to pray. When he resurrected, 
Mark says, he says, go here into the world and preach the gospel. Luke chapter 24 also gives us that, he says, repentance and remission of sin shall be preached in my name. Right? Matthew 28, 18, 20. He says, teaching all nations. That's what he said in John 20. In John chapter 20, from 19 to 21, he says, Whosoever sins you remit, I will remit. So it was about preaching, 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 preaching. But let's see what the disciples did, and we close on that. Now, in Luke chapter 24, verse 49, he told them that they should tarry in Jerusalem until they are endued with power from on high. Right? Okay, let's look at Luke 24. Luke chapter 24, 49. verse 49. And ye shall receive. And, and behold... I sent the promise, promise of, of my father, father unto you. you. Tarry ye on Jerusalem until you are undued with power from on high. So this is what he told them that they should wait in Jerusalem. Now you go to Acts chapter 1 verse 8. Acts chapter 1 the verse 8. Mm -hmm. That ye shall receive he said you receive power after that after the Holy Ghost has come, come upon you and ye shall be ye shall my be witnesses Oh, unto me both in Jerusalem, mm -hmm. in all Judea, and in Samaria, and, and now, unto the So this is what you hear the instruction. Seriously, the instruction after resurrection was about preaching, and it was about them waiting and tarrying Jerusalem until they are endued with power. Don't forget, I've been talking to you about prayer initiative. He, there is no verse of scripture that you find Jesus telling them they should pray. But right after the instruction, in Luke chapter 1, from 13 and 14, I think, look at it. Sorry, Acts chapter 1. After resurrection, Acts 1. Acts chapter 1, the verse 13 and 14. So do 14 and 15 because of that. Verse 14 and 15. Uh -huh. These all continued with one accord. He says, these all did what? Continued they continued one in one accord in what? In prayer and supplication. In prayer and supplication. Jesus said they should tarry in Jerusalem. Jesus power. Why do you have to pray? Ah, he says tarry. Just go and sleep. Boom. Tarry in Jerusalem until you are endued with power. But this, because of what Jesus had told them. They decided to what? The, continue. Continued uh -huh. with one they continued with one accord in prayer and what? And supplication. With the, with the women. Everybody, including the mother of Jesus. If God has told you he's about to do something, then you go and sleep. God has told you, you have seen signs. You have come to Holy Ghost meeting. You have come from WCC. They have given you prophetic words. Then you are sleeping. He says, this continued. Based on what the master has said. Based on the instruction we have been given. We should go here into the world and preach the gospel. The next thing that must follow is that we must initiate prayer. So in Acts chapter 2. Verse 1 to 4, the Holy Ghost came upon them and they all spoke in tongues and they preached. I thought they would stop there. So one, before that which God has said he would do. Number two, after the experience. Acts chapter 2, verse 42. What happened? 
Acts chapter 2, the verse 42. Uh-huh. And they continued and they continue steadfastly. Doctrine and fellowship. Uh-huh. And in breaking of bread and in prayer. And in what? Prayers. So prayer never stopped. Before God will do what he's doing, after God has done what he has done, they continued in prayer. So at what point have you stopped praying? At what point do you think you have prayed enough? At what point? I just want to know at what point. Brothers and sisters, before you go to Acts chapter 2, verse 40, 42, go to 40, 41. See what happened. To the verse 40 and 41. Uh-huh. And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this untold. Ah, what un- are you reading? Acts chapter 2. 40, 41. Okay, continue. Acts chapter 2, the verse 40 and 41. And with many other words did he testify and exhort, uh-huh. saying, yeah. Save yourselves from this untoward generation. Okay. Then they that gladly received And they that gladly received the word. Uh-huh. Were, baptized. were baptized and the same day they, they were, were added how many people 3,000 3, people got saved 3,000 according to a historical account the population of that city were about 60,000 people and out of 60,000 people 3,000 that is like 5% right Accra is like Five to six million people, population of Accra. If five percent of it is three hundred thousand people, imagine we do program and three hundred thousand people get saved. You know what we will do? Sunday we are doing praise night. <laughs> See what the Lord has done. See what the Lord has done. Hey. What we waited for has come to pass. Then we'll be taking pictures, Jonathan, and pasting it on Facebook. 300,000 people. God save one day. And you don't want us to tell the world. You don't want to be calling your friends. You see, people who you have not even spoken for a long time begin to call them. What's up how? Oh, did you hear we are doing program? <laughs> then you start testifying. The Bible says 3,000 souls got saved. That's 41, eh? Is that verse 41? Yes, sir. And then verse 42 says that what? And they continued. And they continued. They were not moved by the crowd. That the fact that the church is growing does not mean we stop praying. The fact that we are seeing souls coming in. How many people, this is your first time of coming to church. And then you are clapping and shaking hands. So that's the end. No. No. Before the crusade, they prayed. When souls came in, they continued steadfastly. In the apostles' doctrine. In breaking of bread, in fellowship. And in what? And in in prayers. That's verse 40 what? Look at chapter 3, verse 1. Acts chapter 3, verse 1. Now Peter and John... Now Peter and John... ...into the temple at the hour of prayer. At the hour of prayer. They are still praying. 
Brothers and sisters, they have not stopped praying. They are still praying. So when you look at Acts chapter 1, there's prayer. Chapter 2, there's prayer. Chapter 3, there's prayer. Chapter 4, they started persecuting them. Warning them not to preach again. The last time I was in the office and I received a call, Papa, they have stopped us as Legon. They have arrested us. They are taking us to the police station. What should you do? I said, continue. <laughs> what do you do? You stop? Did Peter stop? Will you be sitting here? You don't. When they were persecuted, Brothers and sisters, look at verse 23. Acts chapter 4, 23. Acts chapter 4, verse 23. And being let go. And when they let they them go, what did they go? They went to their own company. They went to their own company. And reported all that. The and reported all that the chief priests and the elders have said. And when they heard that, mm -hmm. they lifted up their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord. They lifted up their voice in one accord. So when there is persecution, we don't start whining. When there is opposition, when we are facing challenges, we don't stop, we don't start complaining. We rather initiate prayer. Write it. When there is opposition, there is persecution, there are challenges. We don't complain. We initiate prayer. We initiate prayer. Yes, sorry, vampire. That is why I said they seems to know what to do anytime something happened. The disciples, the people in the Bible, they knew. They knew. So in the midst of persecution, they took the right initiatives. Things are not going right, you are sleeping. In Acts chapter 6, they started complaining about widows not being fed, blah, blah. There are some people in churches, all they are professionals at is issues. When you ask them for evangelism report, they don't have zero, zero. Evangelism, zero evangelism. Zero soul winning, zero everything. But they know everything, issues in the church. It's because of your zero activities. That's why. You see, maybe... Papa, because some people are shy of you because of honor, they can't say it. You have to force her, have to force her to open up. And she told me that the pressure is too much. Congratulations. There are people who are professionals in listening to issues because they do nothing spiritual. They do nothing spiritual. So when they came to report these things to the disciples, in Acts chapter 6, the verse number 3 and 4, what did the Acts disciples say? 6, verse 3 and 4. Wherefore, brethren, look ye out among He says, okay, we have heard your issues. Look ye amongst you, men of what? 
Seven men of honest report. Of honest report. Full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom. Who are full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom. Whom we may appoint. We will let them handle the issues that you are chairman over. But we will give But we, as for we, what are we going to do? We will give ourselves to what? We will give ourselves to prayer. prayer. And to the ministering of the word. That means when there are issues, we don't abandon prayer. When there are issues, we focus on prayer. Let some few people deal with it. So the, the apostles initiated prayer. Here is, I wrote this. The apostles knew. That the initiative of prayer must never be subsumed even upon the greatest need. The apostles knew that the initiative of prayer must never be subsumed even up under the greatest need. Subsume is S-U-B-S-U-M-E. Adapted. You don't put away prayer because there is need. Are you here? That's why it goes with the saying that they knew what to do. They always knew what to do. The same with our brother Paul. He's a Pharisee. He's on his way to arrest this, uh, their church and kill them and all that. He encountered Jesus. After he encountered Jesus, Father Paul was told by Jesus in the revelation that he should go to that house and he will hear what God will tell him. But for three days, nobody told him to fast and pray. He fasted and prayed. Tell somebody prayer initiative. So I'm telling you, let me write, let me say to you my last statement I wrote for today. It's very good, it will help you. The last statement I wrote, I nearly left it out. It's very key. If God speaks to you, if God speaks to you, if God relates to you, if you have a mandate from God, if you have an instruction, if you have a responsibility, you must know what to do. If God speaks to you, one, if you have a relationship with God, if you have a mandate from God, if you have an instruction from God, if you have a responsibility given to you, you must know what to do. 
And that is why I am teaching prayer initiative. Where nobody tells you to pray. It's not about church prayer meeting. But you, based on what God has said, based on the instruction God has given, based on the mandate God has placed on you, based on the responsibility pastor has given to you, based on the role you play, you will need to initiate prayer. You will need to. And there are certain things, there are signs to us that, Charlie, I have to pray. Rise up on your feet. Just use five minutes. You are praying gently and meditating upon the things that you have heard today. Where are you? Has God said something to you? Have you been given a mandate? Have you been instructed? Have you been given a responsibility? What is the assignment you have? What are the signs you are seeing of what God is doing or is about to do? These things are things that informs us to initiate prayers. Either collectively or individually. You are going to pray. And I want you to meditate upon these words. Jesus Christ, our Savior. Our example. Even in his relationships, he prayed about them. People to work with. The people we are working with. Sometimes you have been assigned, given a partner. The person is not from the devil. He's from God. But the devil can set confusion between the two of you or the three of you. And you may miss God's assignment over your life. So there are relationships. There are people you partner with. John Mark. John Mark. At a point, Paul was angry with him. Later on, he asked that tell him to come. He is needed for the gospel. There are some people you are to work with them to achieve an assignment. But the enemy may set, you see, God, the Bible says God is not the author of confusion. That means the devil is. There is no confusion whether it's your fault or it's not your fault that was caused by God. The devil is the orchestrator of confusion. When two Christians walk in conflict in the place of an assignment, they have allowed the devil. That's what it is. God does not win when you have been given God's assignment and confusion separate you. That's why the Bible instructs the last prayer we prayed, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1 to 3. It says, strive. He said, you have to be at peace with men. It is important that for the sake of the ministry, I can read it in Amplifier. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1 to 3. Listen. Some of you, you have to be wise. When I spoke about initiative, I said maturity is involved. He says, when you have exercised, when you are matured, there are certain signs when you see, you know it's the devil at work. When you have a job for souls and you are fighting and you are disagreeing. And now two people 
that have been sent by God, sent by pastor, you are playing like Tom and Jerry. And you are not wise to see the devil that is after you. Chapter 4, verse 1 to 3. Mm-hmm. I therefore. I therefore. The prisoner, a prisoner. The prisoner for the Lord. Uh-huh. Appeal to and beg you to walk. Mm-hmm. Lead a life. He said you should walk, lead a life. Worthy of the divine calling. To you which should you walk have worthy been of the divine calling in which you have been called. With, with behavior that is a credit to the summons. To God's service. He says, to, with a behavior that is a sermon to God's service. Living as becomes you, mm-hmm. with complete lowliness of mind, humility, and meekness, mm-hmm. unselfishness, gentleness. He said, unselfishness, gentleness, mildness, mm-hmm. with patience. With patience. Bearing with one another. Bearing with what? One another what? And making with and making allowances because you love one another. Did you hear that? He says when you have an assignment, you should always see because of the assignment, you have to have meekness. You have to accommodate people. Because of the assignment, by assignment, for the sake of what God has called you to do. If you become small and somebody becomes big, what will happen? You have to be wise. I'm telling you, I'm speaking to somebody. Don't allow quarrel to destroy God's work. Number two, don't be the reason. Don't be the reason. Men nam wonso don't be the cause of conflict. Don't be the tool of the enemy to halt, hinder, distract the work of God. Don't be. Read it in New King James. Don't allow you. Whether you're a member, you're a worker, you're a coordinator, wherever you are in your church. God is speaking to you. Don't be the reason. And sometimes you unconsciously be a gossiper, but you don't know. I'm speaking to you by the word of God. Make sure you are not a gossiper unconsciously. There is no godly gossip. There's nothing called godly gossip. Gossip is gossip. It's not Christ-like. New King James, quickly. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1 to 3. Mm-hmm. I therefore, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, the prisoner of the Lord, to walk worthy of the calling with which ye, with, with which ye were called, mm-hmm. With all lowliness and gentleness, mm-hmm. with long suffering, bearing mm-hmm. with one another. He said, You love, should bear with one another in love. Endeavoring to keep the unity. And of you the should spirit. dare. He said, Daring to what? Keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. In the bond of it. So it is my responsibility. It is your responsibility that we keep a bond of peace. 
So peace is not one person's responsibility. So if it is my responsibility to make sure there is peace between me and you, there's nothing wrong with taking the lower road. There is nothing wrong with taking the blame, even if I am not to be blamed. It is because you are taking the road of making sure the bond for the work we have been called. How can we send to save souls and we don't talk? How can we sing together and we are not in good terms? How can we pray together? And at the back of my mind, I have something against you. It's wrong. It's absolutely wrong. It's absolutely wrong. Recently, I discovered a new English. Is it easy English translation? Which one were you reading? There was a particular version. Was it easy English? There was something. There was a Bible. My last. Was it what? Anybody remember? You give me easy, easy, easy to read. There was somebody with some strange Bible. Be. I think it was my last class. Membership class. Somebody has a very strange Bible. Like you read easy, like easy English. I'm not really a fan of NLT. I said those who read NLT, they are not too serious. Because the translation has omissions. Number one. King James. Because you get the original to go and look for the Greek. have this thing strong concordance my pastor made me buy in Lagos. I bought it as soon. So that all the words, they are meaning, and yet difficult to study, but it's the best. The King James. Mm-hmm. Naki, quickly. Ephesians chapter 1. By 2, we have to start praying, at least. See, it's me both two or three hours. Be here, how far? Ephesians chapter 4, from verse 1 to 3. Mm-hmm. Because I serve the Lord, mm-hmm. I am here in prison. Mm-hmm. I really want you to live as God's own people should live. I really God want you to live as God's own people should live. What should they do? God has called you to come to him. Mm-hmm. He has chosen you to be his own people. Mm-hmm. Do not think that you are better than other people. You should know what? Think that you are better than other people. Uh-huh. Always be kind and patient with each other. Always be what? Kind, kind and, and patient, patient with, with each, each other. other. So the moment I'm not kind and patient, it means I think I'm better than you. Always be kind and patient with each other. Again, continue. Oh, love one another. You should do what? Love one another. So that you do not quickly become angry with each other. He says when you don't love one another, that is the root of anger. When you see that you are quickly getting angry with somebody, it is a sign that you are not loving one another. Do your best to let God's spirit keep you united. Do your best to do what? To let God's spirit, let God's spirit keep you what? United. So you if know? we are not united, if we are having conflict, it's a proof that the spirit of God is not in that confusion. Read the last one and let's go. You belong together, so live. No, start peace. from do your best. 
verse 3, do your best to let God's spirit keep you united. Mm-hmm. You belong together. Because so you live, belong together. So live in peace with each so other. So live in peace with each other. You belong to each other. So live in peace with each other. Hey, what instruction is better than this? We have an assignment. We have been given a mandate. God is depending on you and I. And we will not allow anything to come between it. Some of us, our own is laziness. Some of us, our own is procrastination. Every day you are setting a date that you never meet. From this Saturday. From this Saturday. From this Saturday. That's so bad. Every day. Some of us is excuses. You know what you have to do. They say, ah, the way my knee is pain, okay. I'll go and buy paracetamol. And then I'll rub it with something. Then I'll see it next week if I feel better. God, you know I want to do it. It's just the knee. You see, it's the knee. Every week you are postponing evangelism. You are always walking in that darkness of disobedience. You have to pray against such things. Laziness, procrastination. If it is sickness, pray against the sickness. If it is company, and some of us too, it is your personal vision that is a hindrance to God's work. Your personal ambition. You are so busy. Every day, you are going to somewhere. So you don't have any room for God. Don't use your children as an example, as an excuse. People have children and are doing the work of God. We go for evangelism and some people carry their babies at their back and front to preach. Now some walk with their children in the sun and they are doing evangelism. What is your excuse? And some of you, your children are even older than their children. Way older. You can leave them alone. Nothing will happen to them. But the devil is making you use them as an excuse. Give excuse for what God is doing. Me say, fashion with him. God always has a substitute. It's a privilege to work for God. So I don't take that privilege for granted. I don't give excuse in my school and my exams. I was shocked when Pastor came to my room at WCC when I was saying that somebody had to go back to Accra because of an interview. He says that the person should have gone and come back. He said, do you know there are people who are doing their final exams and they were at WCC. So they come and pray, ah, then they go and write the exams and then they come back. They go to Lagos. Because they said that WCC is once a year and they were not missing it for anything. And then you have a lecture at 9 a.m. on Saturday because of that, they didn't come to all night. Who are you deceived? Somebody left. Left. 24 hour prayer. Not to go and sleep. To go and write exams and come back. We are going to pray. 